Welcome, everyone, to this week's episode of This Week's Episode. I am your host, Evan Goldstein. With me, as always, is the lovely Karen Randazzo. Brains. <laughs> and the lovely Chris Randazzo. Felicity Smoke, you have failed this omelet. <laughs> uh, we're here to talk about television. Uh, advanced notice of giving you spoiler warnings. We will be talking about The Walking Dead, iZombie, Arrow, and The Flash. If you don't want spoilers about any one of those shows, please stop listening now. Go watch the ones you want to watch, and then come back. Please come back. I think I may plead with audiences every week to come back. I really want you to come back. That's the important part, the coming back. Uh, This week's main topic, which we'll be covering in the second half of the show, will be the season premiere of Walking Dead. But first, Chris, talk to us a little bit about the arrow. Uh, He's green now. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, all right. (laughs) Was there something wrong with my television the last, what, three seasons? He wasn't green? No, no, he was just the arrow. Very, very specifically, not green arrow, but the arrow. Or the vigilante, or the hood, or whatever other ridiculous nickname they've given him uh, prior to this. The red and blue blur, oh. right? That was one of them. Yes, uh, the the blue bomber. Um. Mega Man. It's <laughs> <laughs> the only nickname I could think of. I'm also tired. Uh, all right, so Arrow came back, and I was I wasn't as displeased with season three as a lot of people were. Don't get me wrong. It was pretty effing stupid in a lot of ways. But um, when I heard that season four was going to come back with a, a, a more light, a, like a happier Oliver Queen, I was really, really enthused because, I mean, all right. So they, they finished off season three. Uh, Roy Harper uh, claimed to be the arrow and people on Earth believed him, <laughs> even though he's like half the size Uh Whatever. It was absolutely Come on, ridiculous. Are you really you're looking for that continuity of in a television show like that? Especially well, a comic what? book show. <laughs> you know what? The Flash and even to an extent Arrow have achieved that level of continuity. Like that and that's why I've come to expect it because they have set up rules in these shows that makes me believe that they're smarter than than that and uh that was really a lot of last season was very sloppy and i've come to understand that the 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 reason for that was because a lot of the writers that were on the second season of arrow which was phenomenal had left to go do flash so yeah naturally we've got the b team writing arrow now and it wasn't all that great but we're back he's got a new costume he's got a, a sunnier disposition because he's been off banging felicity smoke for a while living in the suburbs and uh he seems pretty happy about that he's uh he's he's cooking food all the time he's chumming it up with the neighbors but meanwhile back in star city not starling anymore they're calling it star city because you know of reasons and Isn't um, the name of it in the comics it is yeah and they unnecessarily changed it to starling city when they made this show but <laughs> It's it's Star City now. They they rebranded the 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 city the to try to city. get like the whole <laughs> so, city. They so that would be it. like New York rebranding to New New yeah. City. Yep, pretty oh, much. Got it. Go. It was uh, it, it it was a little ridiculous, but you know, I'm it's an unnecessary change, but it's yeah, it's cute to see a few more things heading in the direction of the comic book. 
uh, since everyone thinks the arrow is dead, when Ollie does show back up, he is the green arrow, which again, I'm totally cool with, um, you know, go team, uh, back in the city, things are going, things are going poorly. Uh, there's, um, Damien Dark is in town and he's all like sorcerer powered and whatnot. And all these, this crime wave is going on. It's, uh, reminding me of the beginning of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie where nobody's seeing anything and ninjas and hey, it's good times, you know, it's good times. Uh, the police are totally overrun. Uh, Thea is now fully on Red Arrow or Speedy mode. Um, friggin' Laurel has been training. Uh, she doesn't to- totally suck now. She had one really good fight scene, so good for her. I still don't really care for her as Black Canary, but whatever. Uh, and I can't, I can't not call him Dignito, as our comic book fans united uh, friends <laughs> pointed out, because Dig's just running around with this Magneto helmet on. <laughs> the master of dignitism, as, uh, <laughs> as my friend Rich said. Because, um, you know, concealing his identity, probably a good idea if he's going to run around being a vigilante. So they're in over their heads. Uh, Dig's notably still pissed off at Ollie for kidnapping his wife and kid in the last season. Even though they were for good reason, it wasn't a good enough reason to, you know, not include Dig in saying another one of the myriad of problems that was wrong with a season three. But whatever, we're we're dealing with that aftermath now. It's a good time. Everyone's happy. Um, So they eventually ask, what is it, Thea and Laurel ask uh, Ollie to come back. He does. Turns out Felicity's been, like, helping them behind his back the whole time because she's really bored living off in suburbia. Everyone misses saving the world. Apparently Ray Palmer died at the la- end of last season. I knew he blew up, but I didn't see a body, and he's going to be on Legends of Tomorrow, so I still think that's bullshit. He's alive. <laughs> he's He's got to be alive. He has to be. He's, he's one of the front men of a new show coming out. Exactly. Granted, that show involves time travel and at least one dead person, but pff, whatever. Whatever. <laughs> We're good. We're good. He's totally alive. I'm sure of it. Whatever. Um, so I mean, I was just I was genuinely happy with it. It was a the, the action was great. It was a lot of fun. It was far less angsty than it had been lately. Um, I could have used a little more Malcolm Merlin, but you know, who couldn't use more John Barrowman in their day to day life? Really, I know uh, I could. <laughs> that man is dreamy <sighs> and gay. <laughs> Extremely. Um, like flaming. Oh yeah, really? I can actually feel like, the like, heat resonating. Like Liberace from gay or just gay? No, he, he's full on Liberace, Evan. Nice. <laughs> I don't know about wearing the outfits, but uh, yeah, he's he's <laughs> the glasses he's... definitely. It's all about <laughs> the sunglasses. So I will say my one pseudo complaint. And this is just coming from my position as somebody who knows some of the comics. Like I'm not a, I, I don't know a huge amount of of Green Arrow lore. I know that Ollie is a a much more fun character in the comic books. I know that Ollie and uh, Laurel get together. Uh, Green Arrow and Black Canary. That is a rel- relatively famous uh, comic book couple. Um, and I know that the city is called Star City. So like, they 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 moved in some directions to kind of make it a little more faithful to the comic and good for them. But then at the very end of the episode, Ollie is standing all morose in front of a grave, which we don't get to see the name on the grave. I've seen TV before and I've read comics before. (laughs) He has spoken about in the episode proposing or not spoken about is, is attempting to propose to Felicity. Like he wants this to happen. He wants to get, get married to Felicity and be a superhero and have it all. 
I swear to God, show, if you kill Felicity Smoke, I will find you and kick you in your proverbial nuts. <laughs> I will I will find them and I will kick them because killing off Felicity is is like killing off Daryl on The Walking Dead. <laughs> you just don't do it. Like she is this new character as far as I know that they invented for the TV show. She is fantastic. Um whether or not they get together, that's a that's a totally different animal. But if they kill Felicity in favor of getting Ollie together with Laurel, that is a terrible plan because those two characters Mm-mm. I just don't I do not buy them for a moment. They they just don't work together, especially how freaking stupid Laurel is in this show. I mean, nothing against the actress. I'm sure she's perfectly fine at what she does, but the way that character is written is just whiny and blah blah. And, and she's is she like a, a lawyer or the DA's or yeah, something? Yeah, she is the DA. Yeah, like yeah. you'd think she'd be more not, intelligent. Not to mention Ollie and Felicity have such great chemistry. They really do. Like, they make a phenomenal on-screen couple. Like, they are interesting to watch. Now, granted, this seems too obvious. Like, I'm pretty sure they cut from something about Ollie talking about being with Felicity forever or showing the ring or something like that to the, the, the scene of the gravestone. So it's almost like the show is saying, you think this is Felicity. Like, it, it wants us to think that. Now, the other direction it could be going is it could be uh, Dignito. Uh, because they've got this strained relationship <laughs> that's just like barely starting to repair itself. So wouldn't it be real tragic if Dig died? I, I mean, sure, I guess. Like, but again, Dig's a great character. He's a really interesting piece of this whole puzzle. He's this like, not that Ollie isn't perfectly human, but he's that kind of you know human element as, for lack of a better analog. So I don't know whose gravestone that is. I mean. I just hope it's not Felicity. I would be able to live with Dig dying, although I think it would be a, a, a dumb choice as well because he's such an important piece to the show. And I don't know that there's anybody who could replace him. Maybe it's Roy. Maybe Roy comes back and Roy dies. Actually, I just thought of that. That makes crap ton of sense. What if Roy comes back, Roy dies, and the whole Arsenal thing, like that's like a whole part of his story, isn't it? No, Arsenal, well, Arsenal's still kicking. He's but a yeah, druggie. But I mean, and like that was the that was like the one big thing about him. I don't remember him. Yeah, dying. yeah. I was pretty sure he died and went away for a while, and then like they found him at Cadmus or some crap like that. And he that's why he has like the fake arm. But that wasn't even. I didn't do that in New Fifty Two. I don't know. I was pretty sure that there's some point where Roy dies, but like I said, I don't really know my mythology all that well. But that's my that that's more or less my review of a uh, of do, Arrow. Do you remember Laurel's sister's name? Sarah. Sarah. Okay. And she's back for Legends of Tomorrow. Right. Because, I, I mean, I, I just tried to look up who the actual Black Canary is, and it's Lance. It's Laurel. Laurel Lance is the actual no, Black Canary Di in the comic. Diana. Or Dinah Laurel Dinah. Lance. Dinah Laurel Lance. And, I feel and like Dinah is the actual first name of the character on the show, but nobody calls her that. Oh, that bothers me on a, a, just on a new level. Yeah, I, you, every once in a while you hear her say it or somebody say it or it's on a piece of paper or something, but nobody ever calls her that. Yeah. Well, there was hope. Thank you for there dashing was. it. I appreciate it. Well, I <laughs> Anytime, <don't know>. pal. <laughs> I'm hopeful that the show is smart enough to not uh, kill Felic a great character in the interest of you know staying unnecessarily close to its comic book source material. 
Um, but all in all, I'm really happy with this first episode. I'm very excited for the rest of this season. Um, and yeah, I like the new outfit. It's pretty badass. I I, I just took a, a glimpse at at uh, Diggle's helmet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, did you not watch the episode? No, even? no, I did not. I I, I I like to get a couple like stockpiled because oh, okay. you know it's less. It's forty five minutes, and I like to continue on a little bit. Ah, and mm. it's awesome. It's awesome. It's an awesome helmet. It's yeah, you know, it's it's functional. It's you know, what do you see him in action? Like his whole little outfit with his little <laughs> gun that pops out of his sleeve. It's it's pretty badass. And I don't think I really spoiled anything for the episode. Granted, I mean I said a bunch of stuff, but yeah, watch the episode. Damien Dark has a really great presence. Like I think that's probably what I'm really excited about most about this season is that it looks like we've got a really good villain on our hands because uh, he's played by um, I believe it's Neil McDonough. Yeah. Blonde dude, really creepy. He played a villain on Justified. Uh, man, what else did he do? Um, you've seen him around. He's, he's phenomenal. A, he's a hey, it's that guy. Yeah, he's a I definite hey, it's that, that guy. guy. And he's he's a, a hell of a hey, it's that guy. Yeah, he's, uh, he's always he's the bad guy. Always. Pretty much. Oh, man, he played M. Bison in that horrible Chun-Li movie. Uh, that poor guy. I remember him anyway. playing the casino owner in that the rock movie unit you know, standing tall or something like that where he beat oh people walking up. tall yeah where he beat people up with a two by four or a four by four Aww. yeah that was a remake of a joe don baker movie and they didn't name the main character buford pusser like it was in the original movie <laughs> i can't imagine why they'd rename a character like buford pusser <laughs> oh my god i just snorted <laughs> okay well, I mean, I will definitely check it out because you know it's Arrow, it's comic books. I gotta check it out, and I have no Absolutely. options. <laughs> so, you know what, Karen? I'm gonna give you another. I'm gonna give you a break, and I'm gonna go. Go uh, ahead. Seeing as we could tie this relatively closely into. Yeah, to, I think to, the to two the of you should, uh, you know, pair up here. I'll step aside in the name of true love and comics. Nice. Appreciate She'll that. hang out over in uh, the Vertigo universe while you and me uh, <laughs> stick with DC Prime. Those, those weirdos over at Vertigo. Um, I checked out the, uh, the, pr- the season premiere of The Flash. Um, you know, I expected, you know, just a quick summation. I expected a little bit more from it. I did really enjoy it, like you said, with, with, uh, with Arrow. The the, the the get from the end of the last season was there was the singularity where apparently I from what I recalled because I didn't rewatch the last episode flash stops the singularity by running up a building and 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 spinning in the opposite he did direction. not stop the singularity in the season finale okay the end of the season finale was him running into it okay which is why I expected that a little bit more out of it you know what I mean right now the way they did it in this episode they kept flashing back because when the the episode picks up it's six months later and something obviously bad has happened we're not at the very beginning of the episode we're not sure what it is uh but barry's rocking on his own uh he's pushed his friends away and his family and he's not doing so well um within the flashbacks we find out that um his uh What's that guy's name with the firehead? Uh, he Firestorm. Firestorm. Firestorm merged at the very end to help blow out 
the singularity. Barry literally couldn't do it by himself. So the explosion from him splitting into the two halves again, that's what actually stopped it. And unfortunately, Barry could only save the older gentleman. Professor Stein. So I apologize. I just had to throw something at my cat, which is really annoying. Um, so Professor Stein is saved. It's like tearing at heartstrings for no reason. Uh, we I could have just progressed with everybody being okay. It's only the first season. We had a lot of death in the last, you know, four episodes of last season. Um, the Thorn guy shot, killed himself to save the day. Yeah, and then got sucked into a portal again. Like uh, every, every, not convinced he's dead. Everybody, it's opposed to just saving the day. You can't do that. You have to die to save the day. Um, or at the very least, make the show think that you died to save the day because (laughs) Ronnie's body never landed. Of course, it never landed. When you know, we also know he's supposed to be part of that other show, isn't he? He was, and I think he's not now. He's going to go do something else. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think they've replaced him with a. Uh, they're going to do something else with Firestorm, where somebody else is the second half. Uh, oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Well, either way, um, Caitlin is off working at another company. Cisco's working for the police, uh, which is adorable. Yeah, like he's working with uh, you know Detective West uh, on you know a metahuman task force. Um, and he, <laughs> just when like, you say it out loud, yeah. it just sounds completely ridiculous. He's like an awesome version of Q from James Bond, it seems to me. But Q is awesome. How about this? A young Hispanic version of Q. There you go. Better? Um, I mean, I, I love I love his character because he puts levity into a relatively dreary show. And it's always at the right moments. Like the there was a, a, a moment where he's just... He was attempting to ask for a badge, and it was just like a half a beat of, of, of entertainment. But his reactions, like I feel like he's really Cisco, not Carlos or whatever his real name is. Like I feel like he's, he's not acting. Like that's him. Um, Iris is really worried about Barry. Um Apparently, everybody has sort of just let him do his thing, has let him push everybody away, and and Iris is, like, fed up because it's not working. Letting him get over it on his own is ain't doing it. And the, the, the reason he is, like, sitting in such dreariness is that the town wants to put on a parade and, and an, an event for the Flash because they all believe he saved the city, which, in part, he did. Um, but he doesn't feel he des- deserves this recognition. They want to give him the key to the city, which does tie into the comics, which was kind of neat. I don't know how what the circumstances were for in the comics, but I know he has been awarded the key of the city at least once. Um, Barry doesn't want to really have anything to do with it, and he sort of takes is sort of takes a distraction from the Atom Smasher, which. Is one of my favorite ca- like B C list rated villains from the comic book era. Um, it's a dude that just absorbs radiation and, and, and grows big. That's what he does. Um, the best part, my my, my <laughs> the best part about the Atom Smasher is everybody is sitting around. They've all convened once again at Star Labs because apparently uh, Wells left it to Barry, and I'll get to. 
you know that little tidbit in a bit. Um, but <laughs> it's it's you know it's Doctor Stein, it's Caitlin, it's Cisco, it's Iris, and it's you know the detective, it's Joe, and they're all it's like it's exposition, but they try to make it seem like they're having this weird conversation with each other. So they're going back and forth, boop 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 boop, and Doctor Stein is the one who names him. Now he says Adam Smasher, and you feel like that's going to be it, and. He doesn't stop there. You know, radiation, atoms, and he smashes things. <laughs> that was such a great moment. And then Cisco hugs Cisco him. And he's like, you're on the him. team now. Oh, he that was so great. embraces him lovingly. It was fantastic. It was, it's showing that this family is, is still there. No matter what has happened, no matter who they've lost, the family is still there. Um, Barry, before everybody you know, squares together and starts being a team again. He's sitting in his office and apparently uh, Wells's lawyer comes in to, to, you know, do the last request of Dr. Wells, which is to give Barry a jump drive that has a, a video on it for only him to watch. Apparently when the he watches the video, a message will be sent to the lawyer and then the next steps will happen. Barry refuses to watch it, of course, refuses to watch it for, I don't know, two-thirds to three-quarters of the episode, so we don't know what's actually on the jump drive. Because of reasons. Because of reasons. Emotional. He's got every reason to not trust something that magically shows up from Dr. Wells after his death. Right. So, I get it. It's it's fine. We move on. We continue us into the show. I'm not 100% how the science worked with them capturing the Atom Smasher because the dude eats radiation. Then apparently he can only eat so much, so they over-radiated him, which looked really painful for the guy because he started bending and It was weird. But they subdued him, and I don't know if they've actually ever killed a villain. I couldn't recall, even if it was accidentally. Like, usually they knock them out and they get them back into that magical prison that they have at Star Labs. But this guy looked like he died. And, of course, with his, like, final breaths, he says, uh, Barry's questioning, you know, his motives. Why did, you know, the Atom Smasher want to kill him? And he's like, because he told me he'd take me home. And he's like, who? And he's like, Zoom. So. And it turned out it was a Mazda commercial the whole time. Yeah, it sucks, right? Now. God, I forgot all about those. The the Zoom character from the comic books is just another reverse Flash. Um, apparently, see, like, I don't know. They have the ability to go one of two directions to bring Wells back in some way, shape, or form. Or there is an actual Professor Zoom that is a completely another person, but it, it's, it was, it's just rehashing the same thing. We'll see where they take that. I know who it's at least voiced by. Um, I can't remember the dude's name, but it's Candyman. You know, the the big black guy who plays Candyman. He's... Tony Todd. Sure. No. Whatever. Yes, Tony Todd. He's going to be the voice. He was on Chuck. He was the big, like, general. Yeah. He was a bad guy. He was also in um, Smallville. He played one of the monsters of the week on Smallville. Um, He has a history. So... I don't think he's going to actually be the physical character. 
I think he's just going to be the voice because he's a big dude and he doesn't. He's kind of lumbering looking. I don't think they'll be able to pull off him being a speedster. Um, so you know, they've squashed the villain of the week. You know, you know, the whole episode starts off with like this dream sequence almost, where he's taking on both Captain Cold and and. Whatever the fire dude's name is at the same time. Captain Hot. Yeah, we'll go there. <laughs> um, like, they, they, it seems like they just had a checklist at the beginning of the episode to go, okay, catch everybody up. Remind everybody there's this guy, this guy, this girl, this guy, this girl, this girl, this guy. Okay, done. Now start the episode. And that took like 10 minutes. Like, um, the end of the episode is Barry and... And 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 Caitlin, right? Caitlin, watching the video, and it turns out that Wells had a change of heart. I still don't understand because he says things like, "I never really hated you, uh, so I'm going to give you what you want, but you know it's not going to make you happy. You're never happy." Like he turns dark, like he's a dick to Barry all the time, but always throws in the caveat. Uh, it's all right. I'm I'm the good guy, and I'm helping you. He confesses to the murder of Barry's mother on video. They turn that in to the police, and Barry's father is let out of jail. So, the flashes of the world have united for a party because you you do know that he played Flash on the like the failed '90s television show, which was awesome. Yes, it was. He had a fuzzy suit. Um. He's home for like 15 minutes. They have some champagne and he's like, all right, I'm out. He's leaving. He's bouncing. I'm like, what? (laughs) Absolute utter bullshit. (laughs) Totally happy with the episode until his dad, after being in prison for like his whole freaking life, can't just like stay out of Barry's way. Get a room or something like that. No, I'm fucking skipping town. I have been in prison for your whole freaking life, watching over you and wishing for nothing more than for you to do good and get out of jail, and now we can finally be a family again, and I got my friends here, and everything's exactly the way I want it. Never mind, I'm gonna leave for some damn reason. I was so angry. And still am. So No kidding. Um, Barry's father is leaving. Um, he feels that he can't, you know, he can't get out of Barry's way. Like, Barry needs to be the superhero that he needs to be. So, you know, Dad feels like he would just be a hindrance and bounces. And Barry just rolls with it. He's like, oh, really? You got to leave, Dad? All right, cool. I'll help you find an apartment or some shit like that. He, he, the he, least he... believable conversation I have ever seen on a television show. Okay. shit. Horseshit! There goes that fucking explicit tag. <laughs> well, you can bleep it out if you want. I was just, I was so, I know, so I know, angry. I know. Again, this is. I hold this, is, this show to a higher standard. Right, but look at it this way: having a father there, as it is throughout the entire show, has always been an added bonus because it is just a straight up geek factor. He has not added really anything to the story other than a plot point. Dad is in jail. He is not acting actively in the show. 
He just shows up every once in a while behind bars. He's going to do the same thing, except now it'll be a phone call from one house to another, or he'll show up in town to have lunch, and oh shit, there's a bad guy. on. He's going to be around. It's going to happen. I don't think that the relationship is going to change at all. Even if he did stay in town, Barry still has to do what Barry needs to do. Uh, he needs to figure out who he's in love with, uh, whom he's going to start dating, how many people he's going to save. Can he do this? Can he th- Whatever. The father plot point I thought was unnecessary because he the, – the addition to I have to find my mother's killer to get my father out of jail was too much. I need to find my mother's killer. Got it. Fully get uh, fully on board with that. To get my father out of jail was just a little too much. Too heavy of a stakes for a kid. Because that's really what he is. He's a kid. Um, I'm okay with it. I wish the conversation was just a little bit longer. Maybe a little bit better. But th- he hasn't acted in, in, in the show. At all. That's a fair point. Like, he he's out now. What would be his role on Team Flash? It is not like he's going to be Barry's father figure. That's Joe. That's Joe. Like, what? He doesn't have any skills. Well, he was a, he was a doctor. Like, I think a medical doctor. Yeah, Barry said something about you can get your license back and start a practice or some crap. So they have. That's the show's responsibility. They introduced this character. All right, this is going to be a silly analog, but hear me out. The X Men cartoon. But remember the old X Men cartoon from the nineties. The whole first season, Beast is in jail. He's in the opening credits. He seems like an important character, but all Beast does is be in jail for the entire first season. And then the end of the first season, he gets out of jail. So as a kid watching the show, interested in it, what is the dynamic going to be like now that this character is out of jail? What does this character have to offer? And they made use of him. A children's cartoon from the 90s handled that. They had a whole character that was in jail, and right. in the second season, going forward, they made that character worthwhile. Okay, Chris. Beast Chris, wouldn't have just there left the... There wasn't another Beast on the team. He wasn't replacing someone. But we don't... That's the thing. We don't know enough about um, it, what the Flash's dad to know what he can and can't do. Like, we just don't know enough about him. The writer, They could have created a role for him. But the, the main role for him, if he is to hang around, is to be Barry's dad. Not the scientist, not the, the, the doctor. Would it, First and foremost, he should be Barry's dad. And unfortunately, they spent how many episodes setting it up that Joe is Barry's dad? Well, yeah, but now you have a, now you have a dynamic where you have two different characters that are great friends... And I like, look, I'm not saying that this is like amazing new territory that I should write for the flash, but like, well, you are definitely passionate enough. I'm going to say that I certainly am, (laughs) but this is Barry's actual dad. This is somebody that he loves and that loves him very much. And this show wants me to believe for the convenience of the writers that this character, his blood related father that he has been trying to get out of jail for his entire life is just going to up and leave. I don't buy it for a minute. Now, you could do entire plot lines dealing with him and Joe c- coming to terms with the fact that there's now two father figures in Barry's life and they need to find their place. That could be boring television. That could be great television. We won't know because the show copped out. 
the show had this this whole thing in place and i get it from a a standpoint of this is this is the archetype this is what they did he was a plot point more than a character but instead of taking the chance to actually make him a character and see where he fits in see if maybe he is somehow related to the speed force maybe he is a metahuman and we don't know it yet there's so much stuff that they could have done with that character i'm not saying that they won't because it's not like this you know the show's over or anything but it was such an unbelievable moment to have his his actual father just up and leave. It was absolutely unbelievable to me, and and I was I was I just wanted to find the show and choke it because I felt like I was punched in the gut from a show that had been so so good episode for episode, week after week, had been so smart in most of what it had been doing to then take this character and just be like. I know I'm your dad, but I'm just going to up and leave. I'm just out. No real good explanation. No nothing. Absolute horseshit. I was just, I was devastated by that. Well, to actually end out the episode, the the serious, serious fade to black moment, uh, we are introduced to a new character by the name of Jay Garrick. Now, uh. it, it really is a, hey, we took your dad away, so... Look, 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 there's something else. Look, something shiny. Don't pay attention to that plot point. Um, Jay Garrick, for those that may not know, in the comic book world, he is a speedster from another universe, another one of the, the 52. I hope that they do that. I mean, they did hint at it during the Singularity. Or, no, it wasn't the Singularity. It was the... Um, the portal, when when it first opened, or when it was closing inside Star Labs, the helmet that popped out of the, you know, tube thing, that was a speedster's helmet, and that belongs to Jay Garrick. Uh, it's the flash that you may have seen with the funny bowl on his head that has a couple of fins popping off of it. Um, of course, he comes in with the ominous statement... I am Jay Garrick, and your world is in peril. Bum, bum, bum. And that's where it ends. So, yeah. They could have done it a little bit better. They didn't handle it this way, but I could... If they had, I would have believed it. If they had done something like the dad... Once the dad actually... like he All he ever wants is to get out of jail and be with his son, and then once he does... He realizes there really isn't a place for him in his son's life and takes off. I would have bought that. Uh, but that they would've, didn't. That would have taken they like didn't, two or three episodes, though. Right. And they didn't do that. And maybe they maybe they will. Maybe Barry will go after his dad and be like, yo, I want you in my life. Why are you pushing me away? And then that's what he'll say. Well, but, I, you know, to be honest, if I was in jail for 14 years and I finally get out, I really wouldn't want to hang out in a city where there are metahumans and shit's just blowing up all the time. That's a fair point. I'd probably bounce as well. Um, but hey, maybe he's going, maybe he's headed to Star City. Um, if if anything, I I did enjoy the episode. I like like you said, Chris. I did hold it to a little bit higher of a standard, but unfortunately, when it comes to season openers, there's recap, a lot of recap, and a little bit of show because you have to catch up those that heard all the hype. And say, hey, this is the reason why you're going to be that you should have watched the show. And now here's a little bit to get you going for the rest of the season. So 
I have high hopes. I, I expect it to be just as good, if not better, than the last season because they're going they're going full bore with with comic book lore and they're doing right by it. So I'm okay Agreed. with it. Karen. Yes, darling. Tell us about um tell us about some zombies, some some female zombie like people. Yes, I have the uh more lighthearted of the two zombie shows we'll talk about today. Um <laughs> Do you, either of you guys have any familiarity with either iZombie or other Rob Thomas properties? I, I know Rob Thomas Not the uh, Matchbox 20 dude. <laughs> the other Rob Thomas. Yes. You, yeah, he did Veronica Mars. Yeah. I loved Veronica Mars. I was listening to it when, when they were doing the Veronica Mars movie. He was on a lot of podcasts and, and radio, and he kept saying, you know, Rob Thomas, Rob Thomas. And I, for a good long time, I thought it was the dude from Matchbox 20. <laughs> he's just a he's a triple threat. <laughs> um, so this show is uh, <laughs> it, there's a way to look at it as though what if Veronica Mars were a zombie? It's and just, we're done with that review. Okay. There you go. That's that's the uh, That's enough for log, me. That's the log line. Um yeah, it's kind of a mix of a uh procedural and sort of a mystery conspiracy show cuz Veronica Mars every episode she solved like a different crime and there was also an overarching like season mystery like what happened to her and the same similar sort of thing is going on with iZombie, where the main character, uh, <laughs> it took me so long watching this show. It took me so many episodes to get the pun that she's a zombie whose name is Liv Moore. Really? Yeah, really. <laughs> oh. oh, my God. The guy loves naming his characters um, with some puns. So she... Um, was a doctor and then went to a party on a boat and uh, some kind of chaos broke out and she woke up a zombie and learned that uh, if the key, the key in this universe to not becoming like the shuffling dead eyed version of a zombie is just, if you eat brains, you stay like normal. You, you look different, but you are still yourself, you know, you still walk and talk and function. Uh, so she, as a doctor, Wait, gets a. She she. Go ahead. Is, you're saying that she doesn't look the same though. Like she's she, is she rotting. She's she's very pale and uh, like has platinum blonde hair, and then that's the deal with anybody who's a zombie on this show. Okay, the eyes are a little odd too, aren't they? Uh, there's <laughs> what she calls full on zombie mode, which is if she gets really angry, she gets red eyes and like super strength and hmm. yeah. Hmm. Um, so yeah, so she becomes, uh, she goes to get a job in the morgue, uh, so she has access to brains without hurting anybody. Makes sense. I like it. And, uh, so she eats brains and the brains, uh, give you visions of the peop the person who, whose brain it is of their life. So she ends up using that to help, uh, a cop solve the murder of these people who end up in the morgue. So it's a pretty fun premise. I like that. They did that with, um, there was another zombie movie with that young guy that played uh, Jack and the Beanstalk. It was like a, a, a zombie love story, but that was one of the gits was that he, uh... when you eat the brains, you get the memories. 
And that's how he Damn, gets what the girl. What was that movie called? I don't remember. I'm lucky I got bodies. There it is. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't see that. Um, but yeah, that rings a bell. Uh, so it was really fun. Uh, and so she goes and oh, and she also when she gets the vision, she absorbs some personality traits from the victim too. So like the opening uh, brain that she ate this this time was like a grumpy old man. So she <laughs> she was hysterical, just like telling people to get off her lawn and sit up straight and have some respect. <laughs> if you if I, I don't know i guess i'm on imdb and i'm looking at like the brief synopsis and live eats a cantankerous old man's brain <laughs> yes exactly that is a great word and she is uh cantankerous so i'm not gonna say that this uh the actress whose name is escaping me i'm not gonna call her on the on par with tatiana maslani but she does have to you know change her character every week oh okay. sort of I think more, uh, more in the vein of like Eliza Dushku on Dollhouse, like she's got a, a, you, okay. a, a that, different persona. I swear to you, you said that earlier, like seconds ago. I was thinking about one of the best in the in Dollhouse when they take um, Victor and they make him uh, the the squirrely dude, the scientist kid. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he does a spot on impersonation of him. <laughs> oh yeah, that was great. Okay, sorry. <laughs> no, no, that's right. So the last season, there was this whole, like, the overarching plot of the season was that there was this other zombie uh, played by, God, I think his name's David Anders. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't tell you what he's been on, but I know he's been on stuff. Um, and he was, he had this, like, uh, business where he was creating other zombies uh, out of people who with a lot of money and then uh, blackmailing them into buying his brain delivery service and he was getting the brains by killing homeless kids and he had a whole thing so there was a whole like conspiracy of like how is he doing this how can we expose him without like is it is it is that the dude from heroes was he on heroes yes yes he was on heroes the, the guy who traveled back in time yeah, look at that. Yeah. I don't remember um, his name either. Adam. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that guy. And he's great. He's such a great villain. He's actually- He was great on Heroes, too. The show sucked, but he was great. But he, he also was uh, uh, Alias. He plays a, yes. he played a really good... He's like he's a good actor. I like yeah. him. Yeah. He, he has charisma coming out his ears. <laughs> so... We ended the season with Liv had like uncovered his whole operation and um, it blew up his like he had a front that was like a gourmet deli where they just cut up people in the back. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So that the whole business got blown up and, you know, um, the police chief was uh, killed and he was also a zombie. So... uh, he like left some mysterious clue about the bad guy who's like Blaine did it, but nobody knows who Blaine is or anything like that. So there's just this mystery hanging in the air of like, why did this place blow up and why did we find all these bodies in the back? Nobody knows. So that's where they're picking up this year and they're trying to figure out what happened there. Um, Liv's ex-fiance uh is now since he was like caught up in this whole thing and trying to figure out what was going on but nobody would tell him the truth um he got himself involved in all sorts of things and uh in a way that made it possible to 
look at the clues that, in one way that maybe he was responsible for it because he was he was there all the time and he knew this guy and he was asking questions about that guy and so they're all trying to pin it on the on the ex-fiance now interesting um but they've set up a new uh a new thing now this season um there uh the so what created the zombies was a mix of this drug called utopium and an energy drink <laughs> called max rager which is fantastic nice i like that um and so the the company max rager is uh now trying to clean up the zombie problem so that they, there's no evidence of it so they can like get their new energy drink on the market uh and they've got uh they've they figured out at the end of last season they figured out a cure for zombieism but it wasn't like fully tested and there was only one dose and of course Liv used it on her boyfriend Aww. Yeah, she she turned him because he was going to die, but then he didn't want to be a zombie, so she she turned him back to uh a, a person. Did he die? I guess. He didn't die. No. Oh, okay, that's um, convenient. So, and now apparently whoever has had the cure can like detect when there are zombies. So, the energy drink company now wants to well, they they first offered him money and then eventually blackmailed him into working for them to find the zombies and kill them. So that seems like what they're going to be going after this uh, season is like the the other another great great named character. His name is Major Lily White. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Is he is he part of the military in some way, shape, or form? <laughs> no, he was actually part of the homeless shelter where the kids were coming from in the first season. And so on his lost... birth certificate, it says Major. Major, his first name is Major, and nice. his last name is Lily White. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And they even, like, in the f- first episode, they made a joke about his name and, like, how ridiculous it is. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty ridiculous. <laughs> so I like to see a setup. I like where the season is going. Um, the the head, the CEO of the energy drink company is Stephen Weber. Who I remember from being the younger brother on Wings, right, <laughs> hundred years ago, and he's just he's 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 a pretty delightful villain. He every time uh, he pops into a show, he is very entertaining. He, yeah, he, he plays guest spots on a bunch of different things. Yeah, so he's set up to be uh, pretty fun. He had a smaller role in the last season, but uh, it, they're setting him up to be more involved this year, I think. And uh, and uh, Blaine is also back. The he escaped the the butcher shop blowing up, and has turned up. Uh, he also got uh, part of the fi- the single dose of cure because that was her goal. Was like if we can get him to not be able to make any more zombies, then problem solved. So she gave him part of the cure and part to her boyfriend. And uh, now he's not a zombie anymore, and he's turned up as a funeral director, and he's still trying to run his ring of like delivering brains to the rich zombies <laughs> nice nice <laughs> so uh it's, it's a lot of threads going on I'm, I'm excited to see where it goes uh I, everybody is everybody in the show is great i i don't i don't think i have a single complaint uh the boyfriend i guess is kind of a weak character but he's he's pretty central to the plot so i don't see them getting rid of him yeah anyway it's really fun i i didn't watch this first season like as it aired i 
binged it over the summer and I suggest you do the same because it's so fun. I mean, obviously you can't do it over the summer because summer's over, but, you know. True, true. There's only 13 episodes in season one. Should be easy to take down in a weekend and then you'll be all, all set to go for this, uh, which looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. Well, it sounds very entertaining. And, I mean, it's zombies. I mean, you can never get enough zombies, especially entertaining zombies unlike what our next topic will be. <clears throat> um, <laughs> so, okay, very good. Um, we're going to take a quick break, and uh, we're uh, just uh, listen to our uh, uh, the messages from our uh, sponsors. Okay. It was 30 years ago that Sega released their Mark III system. That's the master system here in America. Dan and Chris from the Stone Age Gamer podcast have decided to celebrate that fact by creating a pair of top 10 lists of the very best Sega Master System games of all time. Insults will be flung, opinions will differ, one will be left standing, but who? Don't miss Geek Aid's top 10 Sega Master System games. Next, on a very special episode of Between Two Beards, Trouble is in the air. New York Comic Con, once a bright, shining beacon of the future, has come and gone. And our heroes, are they satisfied? Or has the event left them wanting more? All this, plus a Geekade 31 Days of Halloween discussion of what can only be called effed up comics. In this week's Between Two Beards, episode 43, New York Comic Con. Geekay's 31 Days of Halloween movie review extravaganza continues with Chris's look back at the Mystery Science Theater 3000 classic, Pod People. It's the touching story of a pair of poachers, an idiot kid, his drunk grandfather, father, the worst rock group in history, and a living vacuum cleaner named Trumpy. He can do stupid things! Be sure to read 31 Days of Halloween pod people in the think tank it was a slow couple of weeks for the wwe so jr has been forced to turn his attention to tna or at least that's what the one tna fan thinks plus when jr decides to let his opinions fly the show's director goes through a troubling metamorphosis can he nay we survive the dreaded wrath of demon director matt find out in the thrilling new episode of ring the bell episode 12 TNA matters. You can catch all this great stuff, plus tons of other articles, videos, podcasts, and more right now at geekade.com. And we're back. Thanks for paying attention to those wonderful advertisements. All right, it's time for the big talk. It's the season premiere. I don't know, what's this, season 42? 57? Walking Dead. It's still on the air. All right, I- I'm going to be like flat out honest. I haven't watched an episode of The Walking Dead since like mid season two. So, so, <laughs> so. Well, this is a great episode to jump right back into things. So, this episode, have the fucking idea what's going on. <laughs> and to be honest, this episode did not make me go, hey, I should really find out what's going on so I could be on top of this. But I'm, I mean, I'm assuming, I'm hoping that people that have watched the show, it might be a little bit clearer, right? Uh, pretty crystal clear. Yeah, right. it definitely made sense. Okay, good. Good, good, good. I'm not sure what Rick's end game was with his plan, but we'll get to that. Well, okay, we'll have to get to that because one of the two of you is going to have to carry this because 
what I saw, they made it to a a respite, a, a, a town that was apparently relatively safe. The reason it was safe is because they have blocked off the roads leading into the town so that the walkers aren't getting to the town. Am I wrong in saying that? that I think yeah. it was someone else had that camp that where all the walkers had gotten to. It, that looked yeah. like a, they, a strip mine. Yeah, I think yeah. some people, another... some survivors, a group had like camped there and some walkers got in and killed them and then just more and more started coming and getting trapped in there. Okay. And the sound of those walkers kept attracting more. So instead of going to this town that had been walled off, they were following the sounds and then just keep getting trapped more and more of them in this giant hole. Yeah, because they were falling like lemmings into the hole. I did note that. I, I There's just a couple of questions that I'd like when you guys are discussing. I will nod my head every once in a while. You may hear it. I'm not 110 on that one. Um, I want to know what's going on with Marky. Do you guys remember Marky from Empire Records? Yes, Mark. Oh, what, yeah. what the? This was his first and last episode. Okay, okay. Well, he, it's, he wasn't in an. He, a, no, he had he to be in a previous in the last episode. Season. He yeah. was. I don't remember him. Yeah, I, I didn't remember that he had been in it until somebody reminded me. But yeah, he he wasn't. I mean, I'll go. Big, with, he didn't have a big part. I mean, I'll go with huh. it was his last episode. Yes, that <laughs> I could see. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, they they pretty much had a full arc on that episode. You know, he's some dude who helped build the walls and uh, they, you know, he was one of the people that was. All right. So to to, to catch up. Yeah. To catch up a little bit. What was that? That was me hurting myself. Continue. Okay. (laughs) Evan, don't do it. We love you. Yeah, I, after I, it's okay. many madcap adventures, the uh, the Walking Dead main characters wind up finding this town that's basically like a, a safe town. And these guys, uh, as they soon find out, are all pretty much wusses because they've never really had to deal with the outside world. They've been walled in there since the beginning and safe because of this giant pit that's been catching all the, the, the walkers, which we only found out about in this episode. Um so Rick and the crew uh, get invited in to, to be a part of the society. They decide that these people are all weak and they're all going to die, which they're right. They're all going to die because as soon as they wander outside to get more supplies, they're going to die because they're all like weak little kittens. Um, so they kind of you know go back and forth. Like, are they going to take the place by force or whatever? People tr- trust people. People go crazy. People get killed. And, it's essentially like turned into uh, the the dictatorship. The end of the last season, uh, the the end of the episode. Uh, this one drunk dude that was just causing a lot of problems everywhere came in waving a gun around at Rick and like, "Oh, I'm gonna kill you, Rick, because you're trying to take over our town and I'm clearly drunk." And then like the gun goes off and kills the leader of the town's husband in front of everybody, which then Rick, uh, you know, goes all Rick Grimes on him and then kills him in front of everybody because it's pretty much what had to be done so two people died in that situation yes okay because the way that this episode made it seem was like rick killed the leader of the town because something went wrong now he killed the guy that killed the leader of the town okay and it was at a town hall meeting so everybody saw it like there was no no hiding nothing but Uh, the fact of the matter is a lot of the citizens in this town don't really trust rick and them because they're outsiders and they're violent and at one point, Rick did go crazy and wave a gun around and threaten to kill people or something. But, you know, Rick's like oh, that's Rick, about as crazy as a... <laughs> he, he's about as sane as a bag of cats. Yeah, they, like, in this town, they have all the guns locked up and nobody has a gun inside the town. And so, like, 
Rick's group had to like sneak in there and like steal some guns out so that they could protect themselves no matter what. I, I did yeah. see and their so armory. That... I was curious as to where all of those fucking guns came from. They had a, like a room full of guns. Well, the 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 place is in that they're outside of D.C. It's I believe it's Alexandria, Virginia. So presumably there's military facilities somewhere nearby. I think that's where okay. they got that stuff. I believe that's the case. They had a lot of so flares. anyway, they go out. Um, <laughs> yeah, they they go out in some kind of uh, I I forget what happened in the episode, but oh they they went out to go bury uh, the drunken idiot that killed the 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 guy that built all the walls. First, and they, um, okay, they they were the two bodies were going to be buried in the cemetery, and apparently Rick had a big problem with that. That we don't they don't bury, bury killers in here or yeah. something to that effect. Send them out. So had he just let bygones be bygones like the dude was drunk apparently from what you're telling me none of this episode would have happened well they wouldn't have seen the the pit exactly and then they would be in real they would be in a totally different trouble because the whole point was now that rick knows that this pit exists and is clearly going to not hold them much longer they had to do something about it. So they come up with this whole plan. Ethan Embry's character was somebody involved in building the walls around the town in the first place. So he was this voice of dissent, like, oh, I'm going to kill Rick. I'm going to stop him from stealing our town. And then Rick eventually earned his trust. And then Ethan ran through the woods and gotten eaten by a zombie or something in the face, uh, which was a good time. Okay, it was a handshake. We are trusting each other now. I'll take the front. Ah, 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 my face is being eaten. And then he wouldn't stop screaming, so Rick had to stab him in the back of the neck. Uh, that <laughs> Which you something. have to do when someone's screaming and distracting <laughs> the zombie. Uh, oh, okay, when the, okay, so so the biker dude and and black girl and and bike and 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 redneck are in the car. Uh-huh. And all of a sudden we start seeing some of the walkers wander away and and you know, hillbilly jumps out of the car. And the reason the they, they were wandering away because there was fucking tinfoil in the trees. Literally something shiny distracted them. Come on. It was fantastic. It was fantastic. I loved it. It's waving around. Woohoo! Look, look, look at me. Look at Come on. All right. Okay. That that's how great. they work. Right. That's that that's how they that like I, I love that they stick to that rules. Like they are just purely based on sensation. Do they hear something or do they see something shiny? <laughs> And like that, that's all there is to it. That's what attracts the the walkers to certain locations. What I didn't understand and what I couldn't wait to see was the end of Rick's plan, because like I felt like they had kept that intentionally secret the whole time. Like he's leading them to somewhere, not just a way. There was an end game there. And I was expecting some like crazy Rube Goldberg style trap <laughs> of like zombie extermination. And they were going to kill this entire horde of zombies. And it was Involving be dominoes and bowling balls and boots on sticks. <laughs> <laughs> no. And a mousetrap, a no, big plastic mousetrap. Mouse <laughs> yep, a balloon yep. blowing up, spilling over a bottle. No, he was just leading them 20 miles down a, blo- a, a street. That was the end. They've reached the, I want to say, the green balloons, the whole, the, the the actual walking part of the crew stopped, and then the bike and the car will were supposed to lead them 20 miles down the road, and then I don't know how they're getting back that 20 miles because there's a fucking fleet of walkers behind them. Well, the way they had the route planned out, I mean, they looked at the map and they looked at, like, all the things that could 
affected. I think they probably planned a way for the car to like circle back around and get back to the town. And the car and the, the bike were going like five miles an hour. Yeah. <laughs> if that. He, uh, what's it? Daryl? That's it? Daryl Dixon? Daryl. Yeah. He's like walk Like he literally at one point in time had his foot like he was pedal like kicking it like a scooter yeah. alongside. Can we pause for a moment and acknowledge what a badass Daryl Dixon is to just be like riding along in his motorcycle. There's 40,000 zombies behind me and I don't give a single fuck. <laughs> Can we acknowledge how bad of an actor he is because he had two lines in the whole episode, one of which was dude? Yeah, no. You, you, no. you lost us. You know? Norman Reedus is freaking awesome. I think he's getting a little too much. I, you have seen Boondock Saints, right? Because that's high quality acting right there. This guy is just yeah. making grunty noises and faces. He wasn't given a lot to do. <laughs> nah. Well, another thing is, is that, it, you know, the, and which they haven't really hit on much in this episode, is that, you know, Daryl is following Rick's lead, but he doesn't necessarily agree with. All right. So one of the main things that happened in the last season was this town. There's a, a couple of guys that go out and scout for new new people to come in and join the community. It's you know so that they can survive and keep getting new people with new jobs and new responsibilities. When uh, the the main crew got pulled into this town, Daryl was kind of left without a job. You know, Daryl's much better at you know being out in the wilderness and being on his own or whatever because you know that's just kind of who he is. So he was miserable for most of last season, and then they they talked him into going out and going on these runs to help find new people to to join up with the town, and he kind of found this sense of purpose. Now Rick is against them going out and trying to find new members of this community, right? And Daryl is all for it. He thinks it is the right thing to do. So obviously that kind of stuff's going to come to a head. But this episode, the reason he was so quiet is he's like, all right. I've got this on my mind. I've got this to talk about, and he's never really exactly been super. I'm going to talk about my feelings, guy. Really? Because he, he seems has like that this... kind of guy. <laughs> I, I see. He tears. has this thing on his mind, <laughs> but there's this way more important thing happening, so he's just going to shut up and do his job. All right, I'll I'll I'll, I'll buy that. Um, at what point in time did Glenn become a badass? Because it, it was um, kind of a slow burn. Because last, yeah. last time I yeah, saw yeah. him, he was a young pizza delivery boy. Yeah, I was supposed to be delivering pizzas. Yes, and I did. I remembered Glenn was a pizza delivery guy, and him met, like when he's he was being a relative badass throughout the whole show. And I was like, wasn't he like just like a kid pizza? I think oh, it yeah, was, was. I think it was when he met Maggie and fell in love with Maggie, and he had something to like believe in yeah, and fight for. That's kind of when it started to happen. But yeah, it's it's been a pretty gradual, natural progression for him. You know. Uh, and now he's, he's he's pretty badass, and and I, I'm super happy to see Morgan back too. That's really interesting. Which one's Morgan? Um, he was. Uh, do you remember in like the first episode? Uh, he he was the black guy okay, in the, with the like kid. his neighbor's house with his kid. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So he's been back in the show once before. They found him like holed up in a like a school or something like that. His kid had died, and he had gone crazy. Like. He just, he was a complete nutcase. Oh. And uh, then he showed up at, like, you saw him walking through the woods last season. Like, just, you'd see him, like, one scene, post-credits or whatever. There's Morgan. He's looking at a sign. All right, so Morgan's alive. He's out there. He survived. Okay. He's possibly not crazy anymore. And, you know, seems that he's uh, gotten his act together. And it's cool to see him back. Where do I recognize... Uh, oh, her name is Lauren. I don't know. Her real name is Lauren. Um, Glenn's girl. 
Maggie. Where, where is she? Lauren Cohen. Where do I recognize her from? I think she was on Chuck as well, but like in a bit part, like only a couple of episodes. Oh. Felt like I recognize her from The Walking Dead. Well, that uh, ha 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 ha. I felt like she was like hilarious. Lost or I don't know. Anyhow, um, within the episode, they are also hinting at something between Glenn and the other the white guy that's in his party. Oh, that guy. Um, I, okay. They yeah, no, that actually happened. I don't know what happened. And that point, the point in the episode where uh, one of the girls was telling the uh, when when Maggie told uh, what's her face that mm-hmm. dude brought Glenn out to the woods to try to kill him. All right, so this guy was part of the crew that went to go get supplies, and so when they were looking for jobs for everybody, the leader of the town told Glenn to go on the supply runs with him because Glenn knows what he's doing. They did not listen to Glenn's ideas, and uh, a bunch of people died. And this guy was, like, cocky as shit and uh, wound up, like, basically crapping his pants when they were out on a run and got the leader of that group killed um, uh-huh. and, and almost got he, a bunch of other people killed. And Yeah, there was a bunch of people trapped and, like, like they were almost certain death, and he was, oh, like, going to run right. away. It was the doors. It was yeah. the, the revolving door. He, like, basically trapped Glenn inside, like, a revolving door, got one of other uh, one of Glenn's friends killed in the process, and then he lured Glenn out into the woods to try to kill him because he was all butthurt about sucking at his job and Glenn being better at it. Okay. And then apparently— So why uh, is Glenn hanging out with him? Because Glenn it, saves people. That, that they they said it in the show. That's what he really does. like. That's and, the, like he doesn't he doesn't like owe him money or something. <laughs> he almost killed him. Like when he was out in the woods. It, like that's that was kind of like the cliffhanger. It looked like Glenn was gonna just shoot the guy because he had used up Glenn's last nerve and you know shot him in the arm and all this other crap. Um, but but Glenn is not Rick. No, Glenn's not Rick. Apparently, yeah, he's, Glenn's he's, not intelligent either because mother. Fucking tries to kill you in the woods. Well, like they said in the episode, there's that that girl, um, the one that was like waking up in the hospital or whatever. She was, she was part of the governor's crew. Okay, um, one of the big villains, mm-hmm. and um, it turned it, the the governor did horrible, horrible things, and they went to war with that faction of people, and then they all got separated, and she wound up kind of tagging along with the group, and Glenn decided to let her come along that everybody deserves a chance at redemption. And she turned out to be a pretty valuable asset. And now she's an important character and the other characters on the show genuinely care about her. And that was because that was because of Glenn more or less, okay. you know? So it's, it's kind of Glenn's optimism. He tries to see the good in people. And this guy clearly has come around on Glenn and really just wants to prove himself at this point. So I don't know if it's going to lead to something good or if it's going to wind up biting him in the ass in the end. But all right, that's that's Glenn. That's the kind of character. He all is. Right. One last question before we touch on the actual end of the episode: What's up with the dude with the bouffant? Oh, Eugene. <laughs> he was uh, he was central to was um, that last season? Is he an idiot? Like, I is he a moron? So. Like. He no, he's well, kind of a savant. Uh, there was a whole plot where they were trying to get to DC because they met up with Eugene and Abraham, who's the guy with the must, the mustache and the mutton chops, and Rosita, 
a couple other people, and they were trying to get him to DC because he could do something to like stop the whole zombie plague and save everybody. Okay. This is like their thing. So Rick and them joined up together, and they were all like, "Mission go! We're gonna get there, and we're gonna get to DC and save the world." And then something happened. I don't remember what, and it forced him to admit that he was full of shit. <laughs> And he didn't know he 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 lied in order to survive. He knew that if he said this, that the people would protect him from the zombies, which he was too like weak to actually fight himself. So this is what he did. And so, yeah, he's like he is smart, but he doesn't know he doesn't know how to stop this. And he is like a very socially awkward, like super geek. He knows like a lot of video games and stuff. Okay. Okay. He's like, what could have happened to Chris in a very parallel universe? <laughs> okay, all right. In the comics, um, he actually he's, his character has been pretty consistent with the way his character is in the comics, okay. and eventually, uh, he finds his place uh, making bullets, where he you know because he understands science and chemistry and whatnot, so he uh, basically comes up with a, a plan and a, a, a way of making new bullets because you know they have all these guns and. Eventually, they start running out of ammo, and so that's that's his place on the team. So, I, I'm you know we'll see if that's a, where it continues on the show. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Well, uh, the the episode continues. Uh, Rick's plan does seem to be working with a f- couple of snafus, uh, some tin foil, um, the walls held. The dead guy. Dead guy. Um, but <clears throat> what ends up happening is is you know I, I'm going to keep calling him Mark. It's bit in the face, and we immediately see how the noise is affecting the walkers and they, they round them up again and they're just about to hit like the, the end, like they're, they're coming to the final leg of the, this trek. And all of a sudden this loud horn, it sounds like a truck horn starts blaring, which nobody knows what it is. Um, it's affecting the walkers. It's making them turn and go back. And that's where, it ends. Dun, 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 dun. Is there, yeah. Is there a bad guy the in the f- group or like? We don't know who the fuck is blowing that oh, horn. Okay. All right. Yeah, no idea. It seemed to be coming, you know, back from where they came from, <laughs> leading all the walkers back to town, which is not good for anybody. Yeah, or- there's nobody on the show that we have seen thus far who we know is like you know, trying to undermine the town like in that way. Okay. Nobody there is a group outside of the town. They're like called the wolves. And we've seen a couple of members of the wolves and we know that they're like bloodthirsty assholes. Right, but um, bringing the wa- but bringing the walkers back does not help humans in any way, shape or form. There's a there's far too many of them. It's possible that yeah, I mean, yeah. It's not a good plan. <laughs> Much like uh, the the finale of Fear the Walking Dead when they brought the zombie horde <laughs> into the military facility, yeah. it's not a great plan. Gotcha. gotcha. Um, but if you're trying to take out that community, it is a plan. Yeah, but to take, <clears throat> if you were to take out that community, it would be for the purpose to take over that area. Unless unless you're, you're crazy a assholes, psychopath, which is what the wolves are. They like carve A's into their heads and like play with walkers like these these folks are okay they're, they're, they're like... pants on head crazy <laughs> nice i did note and it, it it sort of seemed a little weird to me as they were turning that corner where the wall was 
Mm-hmm. You know, you, 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 they're all shooting off the flares. Not 110 why the flares were working because there was a gunshot on the other side yeah, of the that, wall, but apparently... That bothered me, too, that the walkers were more drawn drawn to the sight of the flare than the sound of the flare gun. But if they're like, not looking That didn't make up, sense to me. That, which none yeah. of them were, they wouldn't have seen a flare because that, that wall was like 8 feet high, maybe 10 feet high. Secondly, I was trying to eat dinner... While watching this Don't episode, never, so I've never learned, eat. Your fault. I've learned never to eat and watch The Walking Dead, but the walkers are walking at a pretty slow pace. Nobody's running, no skipping. They hit that wall so hard that some of their heads exploded. Well, some of them have been dead for quite a while and are pretty decayed. So, oh, so we're, we're saying it was the softer of the fruit that was smashing. That's probably the combination of the softer of the fruit and the um, and uh, being driven. Okay. Yeah, you know, being driven into the wall and... by other moving bodies. Okay. I would. Yeah, think. true. There was an awful lot of force behind them, and also some of them were probably very drawn to that sound, uh, which would make them lunge towards the wall and then okay. pop their heads because mm. they dumb. Mm. There was the the scene with I, I I don't know what store it was, but there was a store that. Glenn came up on with the the two guys, and there was a bunch of them, bunch of the yeah. walkers inside. They were just making noise, so they had to figure out. And I don't, I I don't know if I was supposed to laugh, but when they got the door, like they were like, "Okay, you ready? You open the door." On three, two, one, and they open the door, and there's a gate. Like that made me laugh. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> yeah. Um. Womp womp. And I mean, like the the level of suspense like how many more are gonna come out oh he just ran out of bullets oh he's out of bullets and then he's and then he's just like to that guy that tried to kill him. he's like all right go ahead you take care of him prove your worth i don't know i don't know <sighs> i guess I, I guess i'm gonna have to catch like rewatch, not even rewatch, just catch up so that this show starts making sense to me i guess how many episodes you know, how many something seasons? tells me if you just keep walking watching forward you'll be all right yeah i mean anything else you know how to get in touch with us. We can we can give you the synopsis. All right. Because, I mean, honestly, this episode, up until, like, the very end, was not like, ooh, this is such a good show. I have to keep watching this. The only reason I would watch the next episode is to find out who the fuck is blowing the horn. I don't care about any of there the... There you go. You have, an, you have a reason to watch the next episode. But I don't, I don't so. care about any of the characters. Well, I guess that's kind of the thing. Where's Carl? Oh, fucking Carl. <laughs> He's on the roof trying to mag it with that crazy girl. <laughs> was he in the episode? Yeah, he was yeah, for like, like 14 a minute. seconds. Okay. He like crawled on a roof and there was this crazy girl. There's this this other like young girl in the town okay. about Carl's age. She's a little nutty. Okay. Carl totally wants her. <laughs> See, the problem well, is the I last mean, time I saw Carl's... Carl, he was seven or so. Yeah, now well, he's now a 14 he's year like... old boy with all kinds of hormones. <laughs> yeah, and like a girl his age. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. But I don't think he was wearing the dumb hat in that scene that he was in. Thank God. He's been wearing that dumb hat the whole time, Evan. The really? whole time he's been wearing that dumb ass hat. And to be fair, he always wears the hat in the comic, too. Well, at I know. At a certain point, he gets most of his face blown off. So that's another reason he keeps the hat well, on. Isn't Carl like comic Carl is way better than the show Carl? I can't remember the books I anymore. Feel like, I feel like Carl got way cooler in the last season. You know, like he stopped being all whiny. He did what he was told and he 
killed a bunch of zombies and stuff. I mean, obviously he's still a kid, but I liked him way better in the last season. But yeah, in the comic book, he's like, because you don't have to deal with kids getting older and child actors. He's just like this completely badass little kid. Okay. <laughs> he's awesome. It's true. The best thing Carl has done for The Walking Dead is create that dad joke meme. Because <laughs> they're shellfish, Carl. <laughs> dad, stop. <laughs> they're shellfish. I like the way you've given him credit for that. I like that. <laughs> well, he's got to do something. All right. I- yeah, I, 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 I want to say that I really liked the way the story was told in this episode with that sort of back and forth and the black and white and color. That storytelling device had not been used before by the show, and I thought it was awesome. Whose baby was was Rick holding? That's Rick's. that's Rick's baby. Mm. I mean, it, it looked like a little Puerto Rican baby in the black <laughs> and white kid shot. Has been so many different kids. Yeah, it's like they don't even care. They're not even trying to make it the same kid I'm at so all. I'm so sure ever. that it's actually a running joke, like behind the scenes. It's got to be because it's a different <laughs> like, baby. They got like a, every a basket or a time. large container of babies, and they just pick one out at random and hand it to Rick. <laughs> Like, there was this one episode where it was, like, this little teeny tiny scrawny little girl baby, and then I swear the next episode, the kid was, was a... like, 35 pounds. Yeah, it was a toddler. It was a to- It was ridiculous. Like, he it was, was black, not even... He had long hair. <laughs> it was a boy. I, there's no way this isn't intentional. Like, it's, it's absolutely absurd how much... How different that kid is from episode to episode. I love okay, it. Okay, so that's his baby with... With his Lord. wife, who's dead. Okay. When did she die? In childbirth. Okay, well, that doesn't yeah, narrow it down for chi- me. It was during, um, I think, season... At the prison, yeah. Three or four. Three. Um, she was pregnant. She went into labor. Um, she d- died during childbirth. Uh, Carl had to put a bullet through her head to make sure that she didn't turn uh, right after the baby was born. It was pretty screwed up. Okay. Not as screwed up as how it went down in the comic, but... In the comic, we didn't wind up with a living baby in the zombie apocalypse on the show we did, which is proven to be relatively interesting from time to time. And the last, like, history bit would be um, the partner of Carl, uh, of uh, Rick, who is who is sleeping with Rick's wife. Oh, Shane. Oh, he Shane. died a long time okay. ago. Yeah. I saw him on something somewhere, and I was like, oh, is he still around? He's the Punisher on the new Daredevil season. That's where I saw his face, so... Yeah. Okay. No, he did. He did. So do he we? Did. Is it his kid? Uh, they never really answered that. But it's always been portrayed as a very white child. Apparently that not. Flashback. Black <laughs> boy at one point in time. <laughs> <laughs> we think it's Rick's. Okay. But we can't be sure. But Rick doesn't care. It's his. kid. Yeah, Rick doesn't care. It's his. Does kid. Rick They're both know? dead anyway? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Rick. Rick found out. Okay. All right. I think I'm caught up, and I can go watch episode two of season forty-seven. So, yeah, awesome. Yeah, when this, I I like the show. I still enjoy it. I still enjoy the comic. I I think they're both great. Oh, good. And the Walking Dead fantasy fantasy league is uh, is back. Yeah, Uh, the folks from Apathetic Enthusiasm (laughs) did a fantasy draft for the Walking Dead. (laughs) Uh, And it was it was hilarious. It was great to watch. Um, They award people points for like breaking and entering and all sorts of other stuff. It, it was a very lengthy, like if you like The Walking Dead and you want to like it a little bit more, where it make the deaths and all of the actions mean a little something else, 
check out apathetic enthusiasm i mean it's yeah it's, it's fun it's good stuff <laughs> it's almost like uh the same thing uh, that fantasy football does for games that your team isn't playing in it makes you care about them more it's like if you don't care about the show you will care about it more if you draft a, a walking dead fantasy team the only, the only problem is is that there's no overarching website to show me the stats how many times yeah, they, michonne has sliced open someone's we're gonna skull. get them to get that together a little better because uh because i don't know i'm in I, chris and i are gonna make fantasy fantasy teams indeed well all right um i'll keep up I'll try. So, um, how are you guys feeling? You're satisfied? You're happy? Anything else you got to say? Um, did you, I don't know how you whether you guys saw this, felt this way, but when I, when it started, this episode started, and they were like going over the plan outside the rock quarry or strip mine mm-hmm. or whatever it was. I was like, this is gonna be like they're gonna flash back, like you know, oh. they're gonna show this scene and then they're gonna say you know three months earlier, and then they're gonna spend the whole season figuring out how we got to this point. And I was like, oh, I don't want them to do that. That's such a trope. I, I'm so tired of that. I, I, we get enough of that garbage on Arrow. <laughs> and then they told the whole freaking thing. And when they got it's sort of like they were telling one half of the story backwards and the other half forwards. And they kind of like weaved together And when they met in the middle. And he was like, they got to the point where you realized that the plan was actually supposed to happen tomorrow. But instead, it's happening right this second. That was just really blew my mind. It was really cool. They, they did do a good job with the storytelling. Where they were, they were floating back and forth. So someone like, I I didn't know if the 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 black and white portions had all you had already seen them, like it was right. a refresher from the previous season. It would have been a lot of refresher though. I, and th- no, <laughs> yeah. no no no, that's what I'm saying. Like in the beginning, that's they started it that way. I'm like, oh maybe it's just a little snippet to get like someone like me caught up. But then they kept going back and forth. I'm like, oh no, this is this has to be all new. This this is just what they're doing. Yeah. I did like watching the truck fall off the the, the street or the, that gravel road. And he's like, yeah, "Can we just reinforce it?" <laughs> no, no, we can't. <sighs> well, I feel good. Um, Ditto. So recap: Yay to Arrow! Yay to Flash! Yay to Eye Zombie! And yay to The Walking Dead. This was a good day. This was a good. Sh- this was a good show, people. Yay! It's all around. Yay! It's all around. I finally talked about a show that I liked and I was happy with. <laughs> yay! All right, uh, Chris, you want to hit us up with our uh, socials? Certainly. Once again, you can get in touch with us at mail at geekade.com, as well as all flavors of social media that we inhabit. You can like us on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram at Geekade. Subscribe to our YouTube and Twitch channels for all our latest video content. And follow us on Twitter at the underscore Geekade. You can also find us individually on the Twitterverse. I am at Geekade Chris. That's Geekade, K-R-I-S. Karen is available at... Shoot underscore the underscore moon. And Evan is available at geekade underscore Evan. If you're interested in more information about anything we discussed tonight, be sure to check out the show notes. And while you're at it, also subscribe to this and any of our other wonderful podcasts on iTunes. Or if you're super nice, you can leave us a review, a five-star one preferably, because any and all feedback is welcome and appreciated. Again, always remember to keep your eyes on geekade.com, where we post something new every single day. I did hear today that on our YouTube channel, we're combining forces with Apathetic. Yes, Apathetic Enthusiasm will uh, be officially just posting all of their new videos directly on our YouTube page. We're, we're working on a whole bunch of behind-the-scenes stuff, that is, so that is hopefully the site and everything is going to get a lot more easy to navigate in the coming months, so stay tuned. Nice. Very good, very good. All right. Well, 
everyone out there in podcast listening land, I, I appreciate you taking the time and listening to us ramble about some comic books. And comic books. We're talking about television. How could I get confused about that? No, but it's... every show we talked about this week <laughs> is based on a comic. There we go. Now it makes sense why my brain farted. See, if you hadn't said anything, no one would have ever known. No one would have ever known. I could still edit this out. It's fine. So, from all of us here at this week's episode, I am Evan. I am Chris. And I am Karen. Good night. And this concludes our broadcast day.